work. They love to make policy. They have policy out the wazoo. They can come up with a policy on anything, including the legal minimum size of the holes in Swiss cheese. In the final days of the administration of Bill Legacy Clinton, the U.S. Department of Agriculture issued a new standard under which the minimum size of the holes in grade A Swiss was reduced to three-eighths of an inch. Under the old standard, the holes had to be eleven-sixteenths to thirteen-sixteenths of an inch in diameter. I think we can all agree the world is now a better place. A good depiction of the Washington worldview, I think, is the hit TV show The West Wing. Don't get me wrong. I think this show is well-written, well-acted, fast-paced, and entertaining. But, lordy, those characters are full of themselves, aren't they? They can't get over how important they are. They're so important that they can't even sit down. They're always striding briskly around the White House, striding, 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 making policy with every step. We never see the bathrooms, but I suspect some of the characters stride while they pee. Of course, they rarely get a chance to go to the bathroom, because on the West Wing, they're always having a crisis. Like in one episode I watched, the cast spent an hour hotly debating the question of whether the president should chide some environmental group for not condemning eco-terrorism. In other words, this issue was totally about words. Whether the president should say harsh words to a group because that group had failed to say harsh words to another group. Nobody was talking about doing anything. But to the characters on The West Wing, this was a very big, very dramatic deal. They were anguishing over it, while, of course, striding. Watching them, you cannot help but get caught up in the drama. Should the president chide or not chide? What would be the repercussions of the chiding? Should the president stride while chiding? You forget that, outside of Washington, the vast majority of regular American taxpaying citizens truly do not care about things like this. The chiding issue is exactly the kind of hot-air, point-scoring, inside-politics non-event that matters to Washington and four people at the New York Times, but that regular taxpaying Americans instinctively recognize as irrelevant to their lives. The reason you forget this is that regular taxpaying citizens are never depicted on shows like The West Wing. Presumably, they're off doing some boring, non-dramatic, non-policy-related thing, like working. Anyway, my point is that even though this book is largely about the federal government, I spent very little time doing research in Washington, or for that matter anywhere else. I mainly sat around and made stuff up. So if you were concerned about encountering a lot of actual information in this book, relax. There's almost none. To compensate for the lack of facts, I have included a great many snide remarks. If you uh, want a book about government that is both factual and snide, I strongly recommend P.J. O'Rourke's excellent Parliament of Whores. Now that is not to say that this book is useless. On the contrary, I believe you will find that of all the books ever written about the U.S. government and political system, this book contains by far the largest number of references to zucchini. And maybe, just maybe, somewhere in this book you'll find some tidbit that will actually inform you and help you to be a better citizen. If you do, please let me know so I can eliminate that tidbit from the next edition. Chapter 1 the Origins of Government, or Defending Humanity from Giant Carnivorous Vegetables. Why do we have government? This is a hard question, 
and like so many hard questions, the best way to answer it is to consider ants. When you see an ant on your kitchen floor, it appears to be an insignificant insect scurrying around randomly, so you stomp it into a little smear without a second thought. But if, instead of stomping on the ant, you were to get down on your hands and knees and follow it, something fascinating would happen. Your head would bonk into the wall because the ant has scurried into a hole. So I'll just tell you where the ant goes. It goes to a nest containing an ant colony that is every bit as complex and organized as human society. In fact, it is more organized because there are no teenagers. Yes, even ants, tiny creatures with a primitive brain no larger than that of a psychic hotline caller, have a government. The ant government operates on what political scientists call the smell system, whereby your role in society is based on what chemicals you secrete.